This is Bragg, the son of Balan, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a Lotro podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Beacons are lit! Lotro calls for aid. And Brog shall answer. Cool beans, it's Amandine. Somewhere in the foothills of Far and Orient, Hope is kindled once again for the 98th time. Welcome back to Light the Beacons, the only Lotro podcast that dares to say, Hi-ho, Mithril! Away! This is episode number 98, and I am your host, Brag of the Lonely Mountain, the Sultan of Shieldswipe, the Earl of Agro, Banisher of Ill Omens and Dwarf of Ill Repute, broadcasting live from temporary Light the Beacons Middle-Earth White Headquarters, far from Fair Ethereum, here in Mirabelle. Let's take a look around, shall we? Mirabelle on the southern reaches of Region. I'm actually perched on top of the bridge that leads to the ring forges of Region, and I could see the instance, glowy instanced uh, star at the top of the bridge. And uh, if I turn around, Mirabelle stretches behind me. It's a, it's on a rocky, kind of rounded rocky outcropping. And I can see on top of the rocks, there's some towers peeking through and some trellises, a few trees and so forth. To my southeast, I can see, um, I can see waterfalls extending down from Emin Nair uh, of the Nansaranan River, which is, uh, I'm sorry, not the Nansaranan, that river is dry. That comes from Moria. It's the other river that flows through the bottom, uh, just south of Emin there. And if I look up to my northwest and across the river, I can see, uh, let me see, a number of golden and gray towers, number of tumble-down structures. There's still some gilding present. You can see the former glory of the ring forges. It's quite a complex over there, a pretty, pretty significant uh, windfall. It's a nice day here in Aregion. The clouds are... It's overcast with nice puffy white clouds. Look like my, maybe maybe some light rain heading uh, off to the west of us towards the uh, the Trollshaws perhaps. But uh, but it's a nice day in a region. The water's shiny. I can see the reflections of the buildings in the water. And uh, why am I standing here? Well, I'm on the legendary server and I am up against it, trying to get Volume One of the epic storyline done before Moria opens up. And we now know the date that Moria will open. As of this afternoon, it was posted on the forums that update 23.4 will contain uh, the gates of Moria for the legendary servers. And those will be opening up with the update which is scheduled for Thursday morning. So, now we've got something to aim for. And uh, I've only got two books of the epic book left to do. Uh, the Doom of the North and the daughter of strife so i think those are possible however i might fall short of some of the other goals i had about running level 50 content and i will talk about that in a future beacon for now we'd better get moving we've got so little to do and so much time to do it wait stop that reverse it 
First, let's go to Elanok, a review of our agenda. And for once, we first got to deal with a lot of C-R-A-N-P, corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. So last time out, we offended producers, uh, even dimmers, Eminem traditionalists, uh, legendary item imbuers, and elves. And to everyone else that was offended or misinformed, or both, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt sorry. Uh, viewer comments. Let's uh, let's check out there. Jeez, it's so pointless. Why why should we even bother? Because we have a new iTunes review. The last review of the podcast was left by Bella on February nineteenth of two thousand nineteen, and she currently has our high score. Uh, as she noted after my last podcast, uh, out on her comment on the po- on the uh, actual my webpage, lightthebeacons.com. She said, I did leave a review on iTunes on February 19th, but who knows where it has ended up. If it didn't reach you, please let me know. iTunes is harder to understand than the LI system in Lotra. Sincerely, Bella. And uh, at that point, I had not received the iTunes review. And there's a reason, because it came from Sweden. And as you know, iTunes has different instances for all the international companies. Uh, Now, luckily, I signed up for a service which collects comments from other foreign servers on my podcast and sends them to me. It just takes a little bit of a lag to do so. It's kind of like riding a war steed. Uh, So uh, I did receive the iTunes review update from Bella of Arkenstone from Sweden on February 19th, 2000. I'm sorry, I've got to say Sweden because in Trading Places, uh, when Jamie Curtis is on the train car and everyone asks her where you're from, she goes, I am from Sweden. Says, hey, Bragg, thanks for all the work and knowledge you put into the podcast. Every new episode lights up my day, smiley face. When I was new to Lotro and online gaming, I didn't get half of what you were talking about. But now, after a few years in the game and having seen most of the zones, you make a highly appreciated contribution to my Lotro experience. Grats on the upcoming episode 100. I hope you find podcasting amusing and rewarding enough to continue. Love, Bella on Arkenstone. Uh, I got a clue for you. Uh, most of my viewers don't understand half of what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with low terminology. But, Bella, thank you so much. It was wonderful to hear from you. It's wonderful to hear that we have players from Sweden <clears throat> who are uh, enjoying the game and enjoying the podcast. And I don't play on Arkenstone, but who knows? Perhaps somewhere down the line, our paths will cross again. And uh, thanks so much. It had been, I don't know, six, seven months since I'd received an iTunes review. Uh, Palm d'Air will now be retired. You are off the hook, my friend. Bella, you are now on the clock. As always, if you want to join this new avalanche of reviewers, you can just leave me a multi-star review on iTunes review. Or alternatively, if you should so choose, you can finish the Dragon and Worm Slayer deed of Arid Mithrin and arrange the corpses on the withered heath in the form of the letters constituting your feedback so that I may read them via spyglass from atop the tallest tower of Skarhald. Um, or you can just do the iTunes review, whichever's easier for you. Viewer feedback, agree to disagree. Uh, someone uh, mentioned uh, left a comment on light, lightthebeacons.com, said thank you for telling us about the potential incoming nerfs to panic heals. Um, that sucks, but at least we've got a chance to max level our characters in the new content before the nerf. Signed, Lotro Player One. So I hope I hope you're ready, Lotro Player One. Um, yeah, I don't know specifically if there will be a nerf to uh, any heal skills for a minstrel or for an RK or for a Cappy specifically. Uh, the comment I remember reading from the forums was that in general they're looking at toning down some of the oh crap skills, which uh, which when 
perhaps applied with other buffs and other oh crap skills might be overpowering raid content in some scenarios so that certainly could mean some of our major heals uh, might be scheduled for uh, some ramping down but uh, i don't know for certain um, certainly something that we can keep an eye out for and and again my hope is that they don't nerf any skills which help you feel like your character you know which are iconic for your role uh, for grouping and for making you feel like uh, you know you're awesome in game you should feel awesome your capstone skill should make you feel awesome should be your turn to shine so hopefully that will still be the case when they look at it and they'll balance it that way uh, let me see what else from Twitter. There's just a lot of people lamenting about the Lotro downtime and talking about doing weird and crazy stuff in some place called the outside. It's like the outer limits. Uh, community spotlight. I did want to give a shout out to um, to Le Bella's Lotro uh, page featuring sound crafting advice. Uh, she sent along a link. It's uh, HTTPS Bella's Lotro WordPress.com. And Bella's Lotro at WordPress.com has some excellent crafting articles out there and a really cool page. So I recommend you go and take a look at it when you get a chance. Uh, let me see. What else in the forums? Mostly people demanding recompense from the downtime. Let's move on to our agenda. In this week's action-packed episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in-game these past few weeks. I know, crazy, right? And with a special focus on my drive to cap on the legendary server of Anor. We'll also talk about my experiences and observations related to the phenomena that was DC Movegate. DC stands for Data Center. And if there's any time remaining... We will go rewatch watch seasons 1 through 7 of Game of Thrones in anticipation of April 14th. But if we want to have time for that, we better get moving to our third beacon of Nardal. This week in gaming and or other Tokian news. And the other news I have right now is that I need a sip of ale. Just uh, picture the ale dripping down through my dwarven beard. Other games. What am I playing? With the spring calendar revving up in March, gaming time has been at a premium. I did get a chance with the servers down to play some Star Trek Online, and after completing two quest arcs, I got to level 25 and upgraded some systems on both my ground crew and on my main uh, my main big boat. Um, so what I'm finding is the length of quests in Star Trek Online is very different. They're more like mini stories. Uh, there's very few of the, so far that I've found, of the kill 10 rats or collect 10, uh, collect 10 potions or pieces of wood type of storylines. It's typically a little mini arc of story where uh, you, get a, you get a mission, you go to a planet or a sector, you investigate, you meet people, you uh, have some ground combat, some space combat, um, you know, and everybody learns something about each other at the end. So um, it's interesting. It's a very different flavor. Um, I did randomly, I was passing through space and I came across a space encounter, which is like a big floating red mass of stuff. And it's like, do you want to enter? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get my butt kicked, but I just want to check it out and see what it is. And I went to the space encounter and there were a number of Borg cubes inside. And I'm like, okay, I am totally going to die. Um, but there were actually a couple other ships in the cloud and with the help of, with their help, <laughs> I made sure to tag every mob as quickly as I could in case that's how experience works in Star Trek online. Uh, but we defeated the Borg menace and, uh, got credit and I didn't die and I got good XP out of it. So 
that was kind of surprising. Uh, what was more surprising to me is that the Borg didn't adapt after my first attack so that everything else after that uh, produced zero damage. Uh, so it's a little lore-breaking from that perspective, but let's assume that our main systems engineer came up with, uh, you know, a quantum theory chaos ray that changes the uh, magnitude or amplitude of our phaser arrays on a multi-second basis, uh, therefore, you know, abrogating the defenses of the board cube. Let's just say that that's what happens. Um, make it so. So, uh, again, from leveling, I got a new bridge officer, and I've, I've got new bridge officers before, and every time it happens, I'm like, where do, where do you put them? I think you have to drop one of your existing ones. And I'm like, well, I've been, like, making them better. Why would I want to do that? So, you know, you look at the new bridge officer stats, and I can't figure out how or if it's better than the ones I have, so I just end up not doing anything with it. <laughs> So I don't know if they build up and I can change them down the line if I want or if they just sit there or if I miss the opportunity and then they're gone and never get a chance again. So I guess I'll find that out at some point. If you know, please let me know. And then the other annoying thing about Star Trek Online is the Colonists Resettlement Quest, which I've had, I don't know, since I joined the game. And I don't know how to complete it. It doesn't work. Um, I've got 19 colonists that have been sitting in my hold for, I don't know, a couple of years now, and when you drop them off, there's a problem and it doesn't work, and uh, you can't get rid of them if you cancel the quest, like you lose the space or something, I don't know. I went online and tried to find a solution, and uh, other people had the problem, but I didn't find out how to fix it. So, so anyway, I'm just going to have those people tooling around in my ship, I think, for the rest of uh, my five-year mission, and uh, hopefully they have plenty to eat, and... Uh, don't miss their parents or whatever. Okay, uh, what else have we been playing? Spider-Man for the PS4, I'm about 75% through the main story. I'd say I unlocked about maybe half to two-thirds of the skins and gadget powers, so I'm definitely a little hardier than when I started, and it's still a lot of fun. Teen Dwarves are playing Breath of the Wild. One of them finished off the main story in there, but they're still exploring. And uh, as it was March 10th, just two days ago, I found out or I discovered or was informed that March 10th is Mario Day. Uh, if you look at the March 10th and take the 10 as an I and an O, that's something I wasn't aware of. So anyway, March 10th is Mario Day apparently. So we pulled out Mario Odyssey and we're trying out that out for the first time. I was just watching, but uh, definitely looks cool. It's um, It looks similar to Super Mario Galaxy, but a little crisper, a little more inventive. It does have these little sections where you have to finish off like uh, it kind of reverts to two dimensions like the original game. It's like a throwback and you have to go through a screen of that and then you get back into the 3D world and you're able to throw Mario's cop on top of NPCs and take over control of them and then you can do things with them whether they're mushrooms or frogs that jump high or even a T-Rex which tromps and destroys everything. So it kind of reminded me of some of the... Um, some of the Lego uh, adventures in that way, where in the Lego adventures you could take over, uh, in one case, I think a dinosaur, and you can tramp around and do stuff with it. That was in the Indiana Jones uh, one, I believe, where you could drive a dinosaur uh, that made of bones or something like that. So, uh, cool mechanic, and looks like, uh, you know, typical Mario quality with lots of uh, fun hidden stuff and boss battles and all kinds of 
interesting stuff. So I did finish Super Mario Galaxy. I don't Super Mario Odyssey is not on my target screen in the short term, but I'll definitely dip in and try it uh, here and there and maybe pitch in um, and give it a shot because it looks like fun. And what else? Uh, from a movie's perspective, I did watch How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World. Didn't exactly rivet me like the first one did, maybe, but uh, I have to admit it was pretty. Uh, they did a good job with the graphics, lots of cool environments and so forth, and it was generally satisfying. I did see Captain Marvel this past weekend, of course, and I, for one, did enjoy it. I found... Uh, you know, there were criticisms online of Brie Larson's performance. People told me I haven't really read much about it, but uh, I thought she was great. I thought she was, uh, you know, had kind of a nuanced performance where I really bought her as a, you know, an Air Force pilot with that kind of cocky sense of humor and attitude and bring it on sort of a touch. And, I, you know, I loved little touches like when a scroll roared at her and she roared back and kicked him in the face and things like that. So, uh, so I thought it was fun. Uh, you know, I was definitely, I think the, the world was starred for a good Marvel movie. I think it made like 143 million in its opening weekend. So I think it's set for a good run leading right into, it'll probably be playing in theaters right up until Avengers end game. And certainly the, uh, post credit scene, which features a couple of the other Avengers got the, uh, got the adrenaline flowing for that. So, uh, still enjoying those franchises. Other big pop culture news um you may have heard that uh and i just got to mention this that disney acquired the rights to fox searchlight uh marvel characters that have been under the fox name for many years now which include the x-men fantastic four and deadpool and uh i think uh, this is kind of big news because phase four you know with captain marvel looked like a lot of fun there's talk of a black widow movie and a few others but um but, uh, you know, was lacking some zing. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if they'll, you know, have time to work this in. Maybe on the back end of Phase 4 they might be able to fit in a movie with some of these characters. But Dark Phoenix is obviously coming out with the X-Men this summer. Um, a lot of the characters may change over after that. We'll see. Uh, Fantastic Four have been dying for proper treatment in the Marvel Universe for some time. And it certainly brings up the possibility that down the line we could have an X-Men Avengers crossover, which uh, was one of the biggest uh, storylines in Marvel Comics for a long time, which would be, geez, almost too many superheroes to count. So maybe that's too much to ask, but... Um, hopefully the the Gambit movie is still um, slated. That would uh, had promising overtones to it, and I'm excited to see what Marvel do, will do with the X Men. Um, hopefully they'll keep Deadpool the same tone and R rating that it was. It's made too much money to change, so hopefully there's room in the Disney umbrella for some more adult fare. So I just thought I'd mention that because it's pretty big. I think it was you know multi billion dollar deal. Uh, I forget the figure. It was a lot. I was shocked. I guess when you think of how much money all those characters have made over the past, you know, 10 years, um, you know, getting the rights back in the long term was huge. So uh, it's good to see everything under the same umbrella so they can all be part of the MCU in the long term. It gives them a lot of options to develop new characters and do some interesting stories. So uh, that's about it for movies. From a book's perspective, I'm still reading Tokyo's Unfinished Tales. I've actually been reading the story of Aldarian and Erendis, <clears throat> the Mariner's Wife, which is kind of another classic tragedy story. Um, Tokian did a few of these with the Children of Huron, obviously, in the Silmarillion. <coughs> Grimy, you know what to do. And uh, 
it's a nice precursor to uh, the Lotro on Prime series, which is scheduled for to come out in a couple of years from now. Because uh, just this past week, and I, I should mention this in other Tokyo news, but I'll just mention it now. As you know, uh, Amazon's been advertising the series with some teasers. They've been showing maps of Middle Earth. And just this past week, uh, Numenor, the island of Numenor, appeared on the map, confirming that this would be a series set in the Second Age. Um, and the lore freaks of Tolkien absolutely lost their friggin' minds. <laughs> they were very excited. I, I don't know if everyone's excited about going to the Second Age, uh, but the true Tolkien scholars certainly are. And uh, there are a lot of interesting stories from that age. Of course, there's the the fight against Morgoth in the Second Age as well, and uh, you know the, some of the cataclysmic battles that occurred during that time frame. Um, so Numenor, yeah. So I think uh, hopefully there'll be some more people reading unfinished tales in preparation for it, because uh, the part that I've been reading so far, I've been enjoying quite a bit, and is good prep once again. So in case you hadn't heard that, go out and take a look for the map. Numenor coming soon to a Lotro on Prime series near you. So this is, what kind of podcast is this again? Lotro. Okay, let's talk about Lotro for a little bit. Uh, Bragg's been sitting at 120, trading Marks for Embers once a week when I can remember, and doing a resource instance or two to build up those Longbeard Marks when I need them. Uh, I did get one Essence upgrade for him out of the Skirmishers, uh, Ill Omens, Skirmishers of Ill Omens event. I didn't run that event with Bragg, but I did get two essences out of it with my captain and sent one of the essences to Bragg. Uh, and it was, I think it was a vitality essence I upgraded. And I think it um, basically got him another thousand points or so and added up to another maybe 4K of morale, uh, which is, you know, decent. I think he's at like 175, 175K morale. Not, quite where you'd want a top raid tank to be but close enough probably to do tier one at this point you know once buffed and everything i think he'd be fine uh, my mini is level 120 he's been pretty quiet uh maybe got one new embers piece of armor over the last couple weeks uh, i've yet to heal any new instances with her i've been concentrating on other things my cappy the fashionable is the one that i used to run the skirmisher event uh so he finished all 12 tier three uh i'm sorry he finished all 12 um, runs of the Assault Deed, which uh, were basically, to finish an Assault Deed, I needed to do it 12 times, and you had to run either three or four skirms, depending on the day, for each of those days. And I, what sped that up and made me a lot <laughs> finish it at this point was running them on Tier 1, Level 113, which was much faster, obviously, and allowed a little more leeway uh, if I got a bad lieutenant or a bad encounter at the same time that I got the Harbinger. It still allowed me to take those down without uh, without too much ado at Tier 1, Level 113, so a lot faster. Um, I did get the 19 out of 19 Harbingers deed done, which I think was just 10 more tokens. It wasn't uh, anything towards an essence. Um, I did run 19 out of the 19 Tier 3 instances to get the other essence that I gave away to Bragg. I think the Deep Way was the last one that I did. What I found for the Tier 3 instances, some of them I did, like on the first couple days out, I did, uh, you know, I joined groups, raid groups, where I would, we'd do four four at a time so we got like eight i got like eight or twelve done in the first couple first week and then after that i just picked off some of the tier threes little by little after that when it was harder to find groups um and i found i think the best option for doing these was duo in my opinion 
uh, allowed a little bit of leeway to have some heals or to, you know, get some buffing in along with my cappy uh, to get some of those done. It was easier than doing them solo. And, you know, cappy is a better support class in a lot of cases, right? Or I can get some decent DPS on board or whatever the case may be. So some configurations for the Harbinger appearances in the skirmishes are better than others. Like there's times when the Harbinger will come out on the side and you can engage him whenever you want. And then there's some skirms where he just appears right in the middle of the fray, like in the deep way, uh, as the final attack's coming on and gets involved in ways that is an inconvenient. So uh, some of them are easier than others. So, let me summarize the skirmish event. About 48 tier 1 skirmishes later and 19 tier 3 skirmishes later. So I probably ran, some of those are overlapped, so I probably ran, I don't know, 60, say 65 skirmishes over the case of the last couple weeks. So I got marks and medallions out of those, great. And maybe one friggin' Amphilus Starlet Crystal out of all those runs, all those tier 3 runs even, one Starlet Crystal one uh, and then a bunch of those tokens where I got three pets a cloak and maybe and the two essence boxes in the end of the day so one of those are traded for vitality for brag which gave him another 4k morale and one of them was a tactical mitigation essence I gave to my cappy which gave me maybe another 2.5 to 4 percent of tactical mitigation increase and that was it for 50 65 skirmishes uh, doesn't seem like quite a lot of return, does it? So come on, guys. SSG, bring this event back. It was a good event, but not until you fix the skirm loot. Fix the skirm loot and make it worth running 65 skirmishes. Think how much time that it went to for 4,000 morale on one character and two to you know two to four percent tactical min increase on the other one, and barely anything else that was worthwhile out of all the other rewards. So come on, guys. You can do better. My lore master, level 120, uh, got kindred rep for the Grey Mountains and need to save tokens for him for some teals for armor doing the resource instances. I've, I've done a couple of the resource instances with him so already. Uh, it goes pretty fast with the lore master, but I'm basically just getting started against the base deeds there. I did buy, I did get 100 coins and I bought uh, a rune of striking off of the vendor in Scarhold. Um, it's one of the uh, three runes that you can buy for Marks of the Longbeard. It takes 100 marks, and one of them's for healing, and one of them's kind of like all-purpose. And the Rune of Striking is, is definitely for uh, DPS characters. It's maybe, I think I got maybe, for tactical DPS, I got maybe a 7 to 10% increase in DPS. So not huge, but not bad. <laughs> Worth doing, in my opinion. Uh, to get a rune of striking for your LM if you haven't gotten one yet. My Berg is level 117 and is my new task funnel uh, for sending uh, task items to him since uh, the other characters above him are now at Kindred Rep. So he can start to plug some of those off. Haven't been playing my Hunter or Bjorning or Champ or RK or Warden or my Half Warden who's sitting at level 20. On the legendary server, however, though, Brohim has been very busy. We'll talk a little bit more about what we've been doing in his playtime with the next beacon, uh, which we're moving to right now. Oop, Beaconus interrupt us. Better. Didn't take the first time. Must have been a little wet. All right. We are at Aralas. Boy, that Mirabelle music, all the Arijan music is so... It's so melodramatic. It's so melancholy. 
It's so melonious. That's not a real word, is it? Um, it's got that, you know, fading of the elves tinge to it. Very, uh, very uh, setting the tone appropriately. All right, so let's talk about what I've been doing on the legendary server of Andor with my high elf captain. So basically, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been on the blitzkrieg of moving through the mid 40s to level cap, which I just achieved, I think, uh, a couple days back. And uh, a blitzkrieg is this, because as you may remember from previous podcasts, I talked about all the things that happen to your character right around level 40, between levels 45 and 50. There is a lot going on, even without the legendary items available for pickup at level 45 in a region at the Gate of Sarandon. Uh, so I've been collecting class items. My class items, uh, my class item quests popped up, and uh, no skirm camp for me, baby. I've been I've been doing them the old-fashioned way, the way I haven't done it since Bragg did it, which was grinding those mobs out. I think I killed a whole bunch of worms in Eastern Malinhad and uh, bat wings in uh, in Imlad Balcorth and. Uh, white remains and uh, let me see I think I killed a whole bunch of uh, uh, stuff in the Misty Mountains too and you know so I've been grinding 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 I needed some of those deeds anyway to work up some virtues and uh, you know I wanted to do it this ain't this is legendary server man I want to do it the old-fashioned way and I ran Urgarth and CD to get my class items too so um, old school in it uh, and aside from that, I really did drain Angmar. Good to the last orc. Um, I, uh, I I did pretty much I, not every quest in Angmar, not every single quest, but I'd say a good eighty percent of the quests in Angmar I finished um, at least. Uh, all the Seven Swords stuff, all the stuff in Malin had. Uh, I might go back and do the Arena of Maythad. I didn't do that, but I, I did uh, drained Imlad Balcorth pretty well all the way around. Um, got into uh, around Barad Gularan and the Seven Circles of Despair. Uh, made my way up through Karn Doom and uh, Bogbreath's tunnels and went into Tarman Sursa and was questing in there. So I did a pretty good job on Angmar because, as some of you may know, it's not Angrymar for me. I enjoy Angmar. I enjoy me some Angmar. I like the challenge. I like the environment. And, uh... It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, let me see. I did try to finish the Circle of Despair in Barad Gularan. Even a suicide run. You know, you can get like seven of the, I think five of those. And then the last two are guarded by like, you know, 12 fire giants and trolls and a cargool. And even with a suicide run to try to just get up to the door surviving so that I could uh, try to get the deed, I couldn't do it. <laughs> So I, I didn't try multiple times. You know, if I'd really worked at it and did all kinds of buffs and food and stuff, maybe I would have gotten it uh, if I'd been more careful on the second run. But, you know, that area is densely packed. And, uh, yeah, they once I got into the thick of them, they took me down fast. Uh, the other quest in there I always like to try to do, which is really tough to do solo, is on the southern side of Barad Gulan is rescuing Deidre and reuniting her with her mom and Tarman Carmen Sursa in, in Karn Doom, and that's really hard to do solo too. Um, I helped somebody else finish it and uh, 
because he triggered it as I was standing there reading the quest, so I helped him do it. And then I was hoping he would come back and help me, but alas, that was not to be. He took off and could not finish it solo. So I may go back and do that one now that I'm 50 and buffed up with some better gear, because I like finishing that off. I like reuniting them. It feels good. So um, in the realm of learning something new every day, I was doing questing out of Tarman Sursa, uh, and I found a new path in Karn Doom that I did not know existed. And I really felt I knew the area, you know, the most areas in Lotro. But every, even years later, you go back to the content, sometimes you can find a surprise. So I did. Uh, if you go west from the Karn... And by the way, this Karn Doom camp, Tarman Sursa, what the heck is it doing there? <laughs> it's like an a bastion or enclave of, of uh, natives that are living in the shadow of Karn Doom and resisting it and not like getting their butts kicked. How is that a thing? I mean, you have to fight your way through like 25 Girthrig just to get to their camp. And then like once you get inside the gate of Karn Doom, we're like, oh yeah, we let these guys live over here, you know, uh, and uh, plot our downfall, you know, just within the gates. <laughs> As long as they stay off in that little tented area off to the side, you know, they're fine. So anyway, I don't know how it even exists there. But it's a nice base of operations to quest into CD and Urgarth. So if you cross the bridge, which is to the southwest of that camp that leads to Urgarth, and typically, you know, they, I think they thin the mobs in recent years, but it used to be you'd be fighting your way all through that corridor to get to the entrance to Urgarth, which you had to do originally if you wanted to run the instance, right? You had to run up to the gate. Uh, and what I noticed just recently, a new path that I'd never noticed before, once you cross the bridge and get into that next section of town, there's a little dirt ramp up to the right-hand side. And if you take it up, it cuts through the rock over to um, basically a little a little hillman camp again, another little like enclave of like four guys holding down this little strip of territory uh, right in between the gate of Karn Doom and the gate of uh, Samoth Ball, which is the jailhouse that you have to go to for the epic storyline. So it used to be I would go all the way down through the path to Urgarth and then west across and then back up north and you'd have to fight your whole way through there and there's camps of like five, six guys and it's tough tough to do solo um you're even with a suicide run very tough to move that through that area on your own at level 50 uh and now there's a little path that cuts through to get to the jailhouse without having to do all that and i never had seen it before so learn something new every day and if you look very carefully at the map there's a little dirt line that shows the primary paths through karn doom you can actually see that little line cut through but there's there's like a letter superimposed over the top of it so you can't if you unless you're looking for it specifically you would miss it but now i see that it's there so if you want to check it out on the map you can find the little cut through uh right there in Doom. go find it yourself if you didn't know it was there of course other people are gonna be like of course it's there i've been using it for years so there you go um what I found in Erringmar is I was also able to do some of the small fellowship quests by myself that normally you need a person for, uh, like some of the stuff in Duncovad and uh, Duncovale, some of that those quests which end in like small fellowship quests I was able to do on my own. So I think it shows that the, the landscape, although challenging at level 50, is still a little nerfed over where it was when it originally came out. And... Um, so I've been balancing questing in Angmar with pushing forward the epic. And oh my gosh, the epic. Uh, it's been a while since I've done it. I've probably been through volume one all the way either two or three times. I can't remember. Maybe three over the last 
10 years or whatever the case it is. And uh, But it's been a while now. It's been several years since I've done it. And oh my gosh, it's so long. So many quests in Anumanos. And then so many quests in Angmar. And then so many quests in Forakel. Uh, tons of time. Even with Mithril coins for fast travel. So every time I come across a, you know, a quest and it's like, hey, go back to so-and-so and talk to him. I'm like, is this worth 10 cents? Because that's in my mind, I think. A Mithril coin is 10 cents. And for most cases, the answer is yep. <laughs> Zip. Back to Kalinglad and Tenuter. Zip. Over to Elrond in Rivendell. Zip. Up to Surrey Kayla to talk to the Lothoth Chief Yajarna or whatever his name is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it does add up, you know, but they got to know that, right? <laughs> they got to know that. You, you have to remember, I guess, so... The content takes, I mean, I've been going several nights with a couple hours a night getting through all this stuff, even with the Mithril coin travel. So it's a lot. Um, the instances, you know, are still interesting, but, you know, if you've done them three or four times, obviously they're not as interesting. Uh, but, you know, it is on level, right? And it is it is still good story content. And I do read a lot of the text bubbles that I haven't read, yet read in years to remind myself of some of the details and so forth. You have to remember when the content was originally coming out book by book every few months, you know, it was every few months. So it had relevant rewards for your character and it was meant to showcase new landscapes, right? When Evending came out, when Forakel came out, when Angmar. So it's a little different when you know the area already, like the back of your hand and you've done the storyline before. So the FedEx quest, you know, where normally you'd be looking at the landscape because you don't know it that well becomes a little bit more trying uh, the fourth time through and having to power through all of them day after day as opposed to doing a bunch of new content, then taking a break, waiting for the next book, etc. It feels very different. Um, you know, and maybe something they can learn from with, uh, I, I think they did learn somewhat with future epic books. Um, you know, volume one is the worst, right? So I think they did a better job going forward of uh, making stuff that was repeatable with alts that wouldn't try your patience quite so much. Um, but... I was thinking the other day, here's the solution to all of Lotro's revenue dreams, right? Offer a return to Elrond's library skill for like, I don't know, 499 Lotro points. And they would sell, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand of these things, I think. I think everybody would want a return to Elrond skill. Not return to Rivendell, return to Elrond. Because <laughs> given the number of the times you have to talk to him in the books and for everything else in the game... Uh, just appearing right next to him in the library would be worth a lot. Um, and on top of that, I would say, you know, there's one consolation for me in that. As a high elf uh, captain, you know, one of the the trademarks of being a high elf, one of the best things about it, you know, the horse whistle is one. The other one is the little head roll you do when you, when you do a jump of just the right height, right? You do a rolling forward skip up and then, you know, it looks cool, right? And it's a lot of fun. Uh, one consolation for the High Elf, the drop into Elrond's library, into a forward roll right up to Elrond, never gets old. You walk in, you jump up the path, you do a roll, you stand up, you're like right in front of him. It's like, ta-da! <laughs> Works perfectly. I feel like Willy Wonka greeting his guests for the first time when his cane gets stuck in the walkway and he does that little roll forward. That's, that's what I think about. I need a Willy Wonka costume for my High Elf captain. I wonder if you could put that together using some of the... Uh, uh, winter home top hat, maybe have to dye a purple coat. I'll have to work on that. Maybe I'll get Terry Adwin to create a Willy Wonka outfit for me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Uh, I've done. 
two. I did two Urgarth runs at level 49, which uh, requires your group lead to drop you, start the instance, and then re-invite you back because he's uh, not able to ignite it um, if he has party members under level 50. And then I did a Karn Room done, a Karn Doom run, which still takes like two to three hours, I'd say, to do all of it, uh, all the wings, including Barishel, um, you know, including Helchgam, including uh, Asgoth, and and uh, making your way through the whole castle. Um, and I turned level fifty halfway through the Karn Doom run, uh, and I got a new deed, uh, a legendary title that you can acquire only at Cap. Uh, so there's new deeds they put in the game for the legendary servers, which I had not heard about previously, uh, where if you complete all the instances at level 50, I think the first one is a three-part instance, finish Urgarth, Karndoom, and the Rift at level 50, and you get a title that says, like, you know, Legendary Challenger or something like that. I have to look it up again. Uh, but I thought that was pretty neat, and I hadn't seen that before, and it includes a, a new uh, portrait frame uh, called the Shadow Frame. Um, which I'm not sure I've seen yet either. And I, li I like having po portrait frames. I like earning those. So I'm definitely going to work at that. The only bummer for me was the, the two Urgarth runs I did, which kind of covered most of my deeds for Urgarth, didn't count because I was level 49 when I did them. So now i got to run back and do Urgarth one more time. Luckily, that one's pretty fast. And uh, then getting a Rift run. How about it? And I did notice um, in the Mori announcement, they did mention that they put in some some new deeds, legendary deeds, uh, in the Moria release for the legendary service as well. So we'll be interested in seeing what those are. I assume it's finishing uh, most of the major instances in the uh, in the instance cluster, I would imagine. Um, then there's a larger deed for the legendary server that includes you know finishing all those instances, but doing a bunch of other stuff, including killing the big landscape bosses, Ferndur and Bobreth, Doing all the attack on Oghair battles out of Garth Forthner. I think finishing Heligrod and Thorlock. Uh, I'm sorry, Thor Thorog. And I think maybe even doing Anuminus and Fornost and Barad Gularon and all that stuff. So it's a great way to encourage activity uh, on the server. And I'd say there's been no shortage of help calls for instances on the legendary server, uh, generally speaking, week to week, which has been a lot of fun. So, uh, I also joined a kin on the server on a lark that turned out to be a huge kin. So, so I originally was going to join a smaller kin with some friends, but they did, ended up not playing on the legendary server as much as we thought. So, I was kinless, and I just decided just to answer a call and see what a kin was about and what it was like. And it turned out to be a huge kin. I started flipping through their pages, and their roster was almost full. Um, and they usually have at least three pages of tunes on at any one time, including, you know, 15 to 20 cap level characters. So I haven't been in a huge kin like that in a long time. Um, they didn't ask me any initiation questions, which I was a little leery about, but, uh, they have scheduled events. They have a discord server. They have a full kin house that all the class items in the chests. If you wanted to get them that way, they did schedule, they do scheduled instance runs. They post an emote of the day to do the other characters so you can get the hidden emotes deeds done over time so it looks well organized uh the chat has been very welcoming and pretty you know the only thing is i, I don't know a ton of people i'm starting to recognize a few names but you know that big of a can it's a little bit anonymous so it's going to take some time uh but so far i'm enjoying it and certainly it's been 
it's been something that, uh, you know, we'll have opportunities for doing things like, oh, today we're deeding in the Misty Mountains and we're just going to group up and, and plow through all this stuff and things of that nature. So so I think that'll be fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it right now. And it does seem like a pretty mature kin, which is always good. Um, they have a set of rules of behavior, et cetera. And they're a considerable amount of... <clears throat> gamers of a certain age so i was looking at a recent kin discussion online they were talking about someone was worried about joining they had uh you know that they weren't being enough mature players in the kin and they had a whole bunch of people chiming in with ages from you know 40 to 65 all the way all you know um and a, a good number of them as well so it seems to be seems to be good enjoying it so far and it's been a long time since i've had a big kin experience we'll try it on and we'll see how it feels so what focus is remaining on the legendary server? Um, I did a lot of work in 4Kel this past year. I don't like just doing the epic there and running out. I like doing enough quests that I open up all the travel routes, including the frozen quest line, which allows you to do quick travel to Kurilira all the way across the lake. Um, I've got to work on completing the epic quest line, as I mentioned. Two more big chapters to finish. I want to try to complete as many level 50 instances for the deed as I can before Moria starts in two days, which is not going to be a lot of time for me to do that. And probably got to grind some virtues. Most of my virtues are between, I think, like five and seven, which is obviously not where they need to be eventually. So I just need to get playtime to get some of the remaining class deeds done after that. I'm talking about the deeds you get for doing 500 attacks you know of this skill or you know doing this heal 300 times or resing someone 400 times or whatever the case may be um it's easy to focus on things like you know skills that you don't need combat for where you can just uh use words of courage on your herald or hit your speed boost every time it's up to run faster or two arms or etc those are things i could hit in and in or out of combat but there are like four to five deeds that are all focused on critting with your normal dps skills that just take repetition you just gotta burn through mobs again and again and again to get those done um yeah you could just sit there in a training dummy but i have so much stuff to do anyway why not kill two birds with one stone it's more fun and uh, a lot of these class deeds don't even pop until I reach level 50. Um, I think they're, I've forgotten about this. It's been a long time. So it seems to be several tiers. Some of them popped at level 40. Some of them popped at level 50. Uh, so I'm going to be getting additional class trait points uh, as I work my way into Moria. I've got about 30 right now. I just got the skill that allows me to get the benefit of my Blade Brother buffs on myself, which is a big help. And I need one more class trait point to get Oathbreakers, which is obviously the Capstone skill for the Red Cappy, where I won't feel guilty volunteering to join a raid. Uh, because if you're joining a raid as a Red Cappy, they're pretty much expecting you to have Oathbreakers. That's one of the main reasons they're bringing you. So, so hopefully I'll get that done this week, and I might be able to get on a Rift run soon, even with Moria popping. Uh, lastly, I logged back into Landerville and received a legendary title on on each of my characters that I log in for having a character reach level 50 on the legendary server. That's a nice touch. Uh, I think it's like, you know, Legendary Explorer or something like that, which just shows that you have a character on the legendary server that's reached level cap, which is interesting uh, that they have that kind of cross-server um, uh, recognition was a nice touch. So people are speculating, people were speculating Moria might come out next week. Nope, it's this Thursday. Um, 
In general, I'm enjoying my legendary server experience. Looking forward to not being late for Moria like I was in the original run when it came out. That was kind of the whole point. Although sometimes I feel like I'm cheating on my girlfriend when I don't play on Landrival. And uh, I don't even have a girlfriend, so. All right. Let's move on to the fifth beacon of Minrimon. When you say bacon, I say ale. Beacon, ale, beacon, ale. Now for the originally weekly sponsor segment. This week's show is brought to you by Arvidui Cruise Lines. The first name in super luxury Forakel Bay cruises. Arvidui Cruises are packed with fun. And once you choose fun, it's like an avalanche. You never want to stop sliding. A snowdrift, you never want to stop drifting. Or an iceberg, you never want to stop hole crushing. Choose from fabulous shore excursions like the Iron Span Alpine Slide, the Torhamus Mammoth Rides, Zigglegund Hot Spring Baths, and Icy Crevasse Guided Tours. And of course, Shipside, the fun continues with our latest and greatest ship, the Jewel of the Bottom of the Sea, with ice slides, ice pools, ice sculptures, and snow cones for the kids. Leaving weekly from Siri Kayla with stops in Jarinit for Angmar and fishing, Pinty Peldot for authentic native Forakelian matrimonial ceremonies, and Kuru Liri for the haunted fortress experience. Book your cabins now and set sail for adventure. Note, Arbitry Cruise Lines is not responsible for any delays or inconvenience caused by evil storms spawned by the Witch King of Angmar. Also, Kuru Liri shore excursions require loss of passport stamp acquired by completing the Frozen War questline out of Siri Kayla. Arvidui Cruise Lines, the last word in Forakel Bay Sailing Adventures. This brings us to the sixth beacon of Kalanhad. And now, very interesting storyline that we have for you this week. Something unique that we just felt we couldn't let go. Uh, data Center Move Gate. I don't know what you want to call it. That's not quite snappy. we got to come up with something better than that. But for now... Uh, first, what follows is a transcription of the Twitter communication stream over the course of the incident, and then some representative community reaction to those tweets. Um, so I'll be reading the tweets that came out on the Lotro Twitter stream, and then kind of representing maybe an average community reaction for each one. Okay, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, reminder that we'll be bringing our game worlds down overnight for data center work. Our current downtime is expected to be 2 a.m. midnight Eastern on Wednesday, March 6th. We will keep you updated as the day goes on. Hashtag Lotro. And so it begins. Well, this sort of thing has to happen every few years, I guess. Hello. Thank you for your patience during our extended downtime. All indications are that things are on schedule. Thank you for being here. Hashtag Lotro. Oh. Little did we know the horror that was about to ensue. Thank you again, everyone, for your patience during our extended downtime today. We remain on track and on schedule. We'll let you know more as soon as we can. Hashtag Lotro. Uh, even littler did we know, but at least I was able to marry Kondo my wardrobe and walk the dog for the first time in three months. Insert jokes here about the big bright ball in the sky. Yuck, yuck, yuck. We apologize, but an issue encountered this evening will require us to take a bit more time to reopen the worlds. Our dine time is now extended until 5 a.m. Eastern. If anything changes, we'll let you know. Hashtag Lotro. Hmm. Oh well. 
This sort of thing happens at times. <laughs> at least I don't have an additional problem like some of my, an addiction problem like some of my kinmates. Beep. Additional time is needed for our data center work, and our current downtime is being extended until 11 a.m. Eastern. We'll keep you updated. Hashtag Lotro. Okay, I just lost a day of Lotro. At least it's only Thursday. I'm sure it will be back by the morning. <laughs> data centers, LOL. Am I right? Beep. Due to continued hardware troubleshooting at the data center, we are extending our downtime to 5 p.m. Eastern today. We apologize for the delay, and we'll keep you updated. Hashtag Lotro. Uh, well, that's a bummer, uh, but I'll be at work anyway. If all goes well, I'll be back skirming in Tuckborough by happy hour tonight. <whistles> if not, I can stop by the palm shop on the way home and find something to keep me busy. <laughs> Beep. Here's the latest. We're continuing to work through hardware issues, and our downtime has been extended through 5 p.m. Eastern today. We will have more information about event end dates and such in the relatively near future. Wait, they just said that, didn't they? Did, didn't they just say 5 p.m. today? They are repeating themselves. They are repeating themselves. Oh, God, I'm repeating myself. I need pie. Beep. Progress is being made, and we are continuing to work through remaining issues. We are extending our downtime through 2 a.m. Eastern, Friday, March 8th. We will keep you updated. Hashtag Lotro. Mistakes are being made. What the devil is going on here? Did they lose my data? Don't tell me they lost my data. Has anyone seen my data? <laughs> I've got to hang on. Jim, they're doctors, not bricklayers. Beep. Downtime extension, 2 p.m. Eastern Friday, March 8th. The Lotro Game Worlds will remain offline for work at our data center through 2 p.m. Eastern on Friday, March 8th. We will have more information tomorrow morning. Thank you for your continued patience. Hashtag Lotro. Continued patience? I'm going out of my freaking mind over here. Hey, SSG. Uh, what's happening? Now, the weekend is coming, so I'm going to have to ask you to go ahead and come in and fix these data issues, center issues. Okay. Beep. Downtime extension, 6 p.m. Eastern. Our downtime has been extended until 6 p.m. Eastern today. We will keep you updated and apologize for this lengthy downtime. Hashtag Lotro. Okay, 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 okay. It's it's Friday. It's Friday night, and then my kid had a raid scheduled, and I'm behind on embers, and I can't do my skirm deeds in time, and my legend character, legendary character is only level forty three, and Mori is coming, and I I can't even. March 9th, our downtime has been extended through 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. March 9th, we will keep you updated and apologize for this lengthy downtime. Hashtag Lotro. All work and no Lotro makes brag a dull dwarf. All work and no Lotro makes brag a dull dwarf. All work and no Lotro makes brag a dull dwarf. Mm. Thank you, everyone, for your patience. We are getting very close to reopening. We'll have more information shortly. Hashtag Lotro. Is it? Could it be? Did the spirits do it all in three nights? Beep. The game worlds have reopened. Thank you for your patience as we work through these various data center issues in recent days. Hashtag Lotro. 
<laughs> you know, I knew it all along. I, I knew it. I knew everything was going to be fine. I'm fine. Bragg's fine. Bingo Boffin is the man. Everything's hunky-dory. Just just ask my Uncle Dory. <laughs> okay, then. Beep. Update. We are bringing back down the game worlds while we troubleshoot an issue with characters not receiving their proper count unlocks. Don't say it. Don't you friggin' say it. Hashtag Lotro, son of a... Beep. The game worlds have reopened. We appreciate your patience during this downtime. And thank you for being here. Hashtag, we told you not to worry. We had the whole situation under control the whole time, Lotro. Where's my bloody coupon? And... Scene. Okay, now with the theatrics out of the way, let's discuss a little bit, shall we? First of all, how is the communication from SSG? I would say, in my opinion, adequate to good. I think the only legitimate complaint was that a few times the extension notices came out maybe a couple minutes prior to the predicted uptime, so fairly late notice, uh, which obviously impacts people's schedules unexpectedly. We will never know if this was the best information they had at the time they had it or not. It's not in SSG's best interest to provide any further detail. Secondly, who is to blame? A lot of people on the, th on the forum threads wanted to point the finger at SSG and declare them incompetent. Uh, in my experience, data center operations are likely outsourced with SSG employees forming a team with the external vendors. So issues could have popped up on either side, either the hardware or software data side. And again, we will never know, but it's very possible these circumstances were outside of SSG's control. And they could potentially even be recompensed if the response from the vendor fell outside of their SLA and caused them to lose revenue with their customers. Uh, but I'm guessing probably not. I do ascribe more responsibility to the failed login server rollback issues uh, to SSG. I don't know if they could have been prevented, but they definitely should have been detected before bringing the worlds back online. Really unfortunate blow to reputation there and, uh, you know, feeding the trolls further. Hopefully, future post-go-live test scripts can be updated for those scenarios to prevent recurrence. Uh, this is the kind of thing an IT group should be learning from. But SSG should have known better, so let's not apologize for them in this instance. Thirdly, what do we think of the remuneration that was offered by SSG? Well, they turned the legendary server XP from 60 to 80% to help keep people catch up. I, I myself would have preferred if they left it at 60% and extended the period of time before Moria hit. Uh, but I understand that would have upset some gamers that have basically been doing nothing waiting for Moria. Uh, a coupon code for a free appreciation box containing the following. Five 100% XP boosts. Yeah, I guess I could use it on some of my alts. Five enhanced XP supply. Yeah. Five Tombs of Defense. This is probably the most useful thing for in-game capstone players and raids. Usually those are in demand because they do minus 10% to incoming damage, which is nothing to sneeze at. 2,000 Figments of Splendor. Great for uh, all you RP and uh, fashion enthusiasts. Three Rapid Crafting Boosts. Fine. 
and an assortment of seasonal dyes. Again, good for RP. Additionally, VIP players will receive a VIP, VIP subscription time extension for the amount of the downtime, which I would have expected. 250 Lotro points automatically granted to their accounts if they have logged in during the previous 30 days. And premium players also receive 250 Lotro points. So there were some people complaining on the forums about uh, the loss of embers from not being able to complete dailies for the last couple days. And all I can say is, you know, probably relax, dudes. You'll be fine. Uh, fourthly, what did we think of the community reaction to the whole scenario? I'd say it's mixed. Uh, roughly half bitching and moaning and half supporting the devs and techs working long hours, uh, we assume, to bring us back online. It was really uh, pretty evenly divided from the threads that I read. Um so then the complainers start labeling the S supporter SSGs. I'm sorry. The, the complainers start labeling the supporters of SSG apologists, like usual. You know, you're an SSG apologist excusing their incompetence. You know, we shouldn't be thanking them for their efforts. We should be lampooning them for their incompetence, etc. You know, you're just adding to the problem. And this is why they treat us however they want to treat us because, you know, no one ever uh, stands up when, you know, when the customers are being impacted, etc., etc., etc. Ad infinitum, we've been down that road before. I would say most importantly, over the course of the Twitter announcements, we were able to review every Lotro internet meme in existence around disappointment and suffering, you know, insert your golem writhing around in pain and crying out here. And then uh, alternatively, every single one pertaining to success, victory and celebration and dancing. And uh, I do mean all of them, you know, Gandalf dancing with the hobbits and and uh, Bilbo smiling in bed and Aragorn, you know, whatever. It's an impressive array at this point, and we saw them all on the Twitter stream over the course of the last couple of days. The last point I will make is that at some point during this whole mess, I did think, well, what if they did lose all of the data? I mean, all of it. What would I do then? Would I try to recreate some or all of my characters from scratch? Or would it be time to move on. I uh, did not reach a definite conclusion, probably from avoiding the topic as much as possible, but the fact that I considered the possibility of leaving the game behind completely in that scenario, even for just a few moments, is somewhat telling in and of itself, I would say. Uh, but enough idle fancy. I wish it need not have happened in my time, and so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us. That brings us, my friend, to the seventh beacon of Halifirian. It is closing time. Sorry we ran out of time, but winter is coming. It's time for Blessed Relief. I'm officially slamming the door in the 98th, 98th episode of Light the Beacons. Just one more episode before the magic, magic number. Sorry, not magic. It's lower. Um, I would love to hear your plaudits or feedback, or rants, or diatribes, but most of all, your constructive critique. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for April being right around the corner. Hmm. Facebook or Twitter at Bragson of Balan or my website at lightthebeacons.com where you can post comments directly on the podcast. 
I kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review like Bella of Sweden did. If perchance you are so inclined, I would very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forsake my legendary dwarven proctology, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. Huh? What'd you say? Never mind. I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before. Or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective, uh, given all the time that you had to gain that perspective over this past week. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week with the Middle Earth servers up and running. This is Bragg, the son of Balin, reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And remember, the next time you're trying to find a key hidden in a bush in Delosid, don't bother reading the stupid clue. Just dig up every gosh darn bush until you find it. Uh, it's faster. And in the meantime... Don't despair. Light the beacons. Whew. Two episodes to 100, folks. I think we might just make it. At long last, the Moria renovations are nearing completion. Grime has been busy decorating it for my return, or so he told me. So I am really looking forward to relocating LTBWHQ to my old digs in Casa Doom. What could possibly go wrong? Man, I've got so much packing to do. See you soon. I hope. Yes, see you soon indeed. Mwah! <laughs> Mwah!